have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of those questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Hey guys, we are live. We are live here on Facebook Live and Twitter Live. Uh, this is the Step Back 3 Sports Podcast crew. As you can see below. Yeah, I'm your host, Joe. We got... Johnny. And... And Sean. Sean. Welcome guys, this is Season 2, Episode 3. Today we have a lot of things we're gonna talk about well i'll tell you what we're talking about and then we'll go we'll do it up uh first we'll we'll do our own nfl mock draft and we'll also talk about nfl free agency and other news around the nfl and then we can we will do a playoff bracket for the nhl and the nba playoffs and we'll talk about more things but first, uh, I'll hand the reins to Scotty, our NFL expert, as he'll do his mock draft. I just want to say, we were very close to breaking news on this podcast, because right after we finished and shut everything down, Manuel Sanders signed with the Saints, so if we you know, could have done that like 20 minutes earlier, we could have broken some news. Like, that would have been great. my mock draft it's basically a consensus law that number one overall Bengals are going Joe Burrow I feel if Tua was healthy for the entire season it would have been a much closer competition but since Tua has the hip issue and now with everything being shut down team doctors aren't able to get a physical or perform a physical themselves on Tua Joe Burrow is the clear number one pick and second overall, Sean, I'm sorry, but Chase Young will be going to the Washington Redskins. <laughs> yep. Sorry, sorry about that. I know you really wanted him, but somehow <laughs> managed. You beat the Redskins, and then you lost. You really you beat the Redskins, but you were really the losers in that one. And then yep. at number three, Detroit Lions got to replace Darius Slay. So I have him going Jeffrey Okuda out of Ohio State. Best corner in the draft by far. And yeah, that's going to be a good pick. I like that. They need that Darius Slay replacement. That was a great trade by the Eagles. Detroit. They need some results. Otherwise, GM, coach, can get out of there. Now, at number four, the Giants. It's, it's one of the harder picks because in free agency... They haven't addressed tackle, which is their biggest need. 
like Sean, I'm yep. sure you would agree. Nate Soldier, Nate Soldier, isn't really the. Yeah, he isn't like, caught in it right now. Isn't that the story with every player that leaves the Patriots and signs for a decent contract? At the same time, yeah, exact, that's exactly backer. what happens. Sean, I'm sure you can attest to this. Inside linebacker is need for the Giants, yes. We signed yeah. Blake Martinez. I think that is way too much money for Blake Martinez. But ultimately, at this point, comes down to protecting your quarterback. So I see them taking Jedrick Wills out of Alabama with the fourth overall pick. Hey, I, I wouldn't have a pr- yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. You're issue that? You know, if they if they go, what was I going to say? If they go, uh, like you said, with Wills or any of the tackles or even Isaiah Simmons, whatever they choose to do, I wouldn't be against it. One thing I'm seeing is that tackle is a bit more of a pressing need because while Blake Martinez isn't good, I think he's a better linebacker than Nate Solder is a left tackle at this moment. Mm-hmm. Then number five, Miami Dolphins landing Tua. Dolphins, they need their franchise guy. It's Patrick. He's Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's really <laughs> all there is to say. Now the Chargers, I have them going Justin Herbert. They have Tyra Taylor. Great veteran presence. I can see it holding out a lot like it did with Cleveland two years ago when Tyra Taylor was a starter and then Baker Mayfield took over. I can see that same thing happening with the Chargers. Number seven, I have the Carolinas, Carolina Panthers taking Isaiah Simmons. Placing Luke Keekly, you have the linebacker. You can draw a box, like sideline, sideline, and like 15 yards, like five yards into the opponent's backfield, 10 yards out from line of scrimmage, and just say, this is your zone. Do what you want. And Isaiah Simmons also has enough versatility. You could play safety if you want. I wouldn't do that because... He's one of those playmakers. You want to get him near the ball. And if you get him near the ball, he can make plays, turnovers, however it may be. So now with the number eight overall pick. That's a perfect perfect breakdown. Mm -hmm. And then Arizona Cardinals. After the the Andre Hopkins trade, that is screaming, we are taking a tackle. So I've been taking Tristan Worfs out of Iowa. Tech Kyler Murray. Like, their offensive line wasn't getting it done, simply put, and got to protect your franchise guy. And then Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> they have been unloading. They've just been unloading talent. They shipped off AJ Bouye, shipped off Nick Foles to the Chicago Bears. They're not going full rebuild mode, but they are essentially in I think we can all agree on this. Yeah. And then with them, it's it's hard to determine what they're going to do because they have so many different pressing needs. And then with all these different needs, it's going to be hard to fulfill them all at once. However, they do have the draft capital to do this. 
And so, Sean, I was wondering, who would you think would be a good, who would you think would be a good pick for the Jags to start addressing some of their needs? Because we don't know what's happening with Telvin Smith, because he could either didn't officially retire yet, but he didn't play last year. So, where do you think the Jags would go in this situation? Uh, it, it like you said, it's really tough and it's interesting for them because like. Now this, uh, um, pretty much know already about this receiver class, how deep it is. Do they draft like a franchise number one wide receiver, either Jerry Judy out of Alabama or CD Lamb out of Oklahoma? Do they go with a receiver or do they go with like a defensive tackle? Maybe like a Derek Brown from Auburn. Do they, it's tough, but if I was the Jags, I would probably go with either Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb, one of those two receivers, grab a future number one receiver. And then I think, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong about this, but I think they have two first-round picks. They do. So They have the Rams so they pick could, at a one and number 20. Ooh, so that's interesting, too. They could either do what they, whatever they want to do. They want to do Judy or Lamb there, and then maybe with, Number 20, they could draft like a linebacker like Clavon uh, Chasen from uh, LSU. Maybe a cornerback from uh, like Christian Fulton from LSU. So we'll see what happens there. But those are intriguing names. And then the one direction I'm going to go, it's not the nicest pick. But I can see him going offensive tackle because that was a major weakness of theirs. And also, you got to protect the quarterback. Like in the league, you have quarterback oh this this is how a lot of the league plays down on a play-by-play basis you have quarterback you have people trying to get the quarterback and you have the sorry bastards in the middle trying to separate the two and so i can see them selecting mckay becton out of louisville protect your franchise guy in Gardner Minshew because they're clearly going with him turn the reins over to him shit nick Foles out of there so see him protect your quarterback and then number 10, Cleveland Browns. It's not fun to see back-to-back tackles go off the board, but that's what's going to happen. I can see him selecting Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Tackle, again, big weakness for the Browns. They have a decent interior of the offensive line, but the tackle is really strange. You saw Baker Mayfield bail out of a lot of pockets, and he was simply wasn't as good when he did that. So mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns. Go tackle. Feel that's fitting decision, Sean. What do you think? Uh, that's a. It's. I think it's a good point there. Like, like you said, Cleveland's offensive line. They signed um, what's his name, Jack Conklin, so <laughs> far this free agency. So they addressed that need some sorts, but they need um, like Conklin's not old, but like I'm counting him more as a veteran type guy because you know he's been he's in the right league tackle. for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So if you draft somebody like, like you said, Andrew Thomas there, bringing a guy straight out of college, that's perfect for the offensive line. And they need as many guys as possible because on their offense, they're set already. You don't need a tight end. You don't need a receiver. You don't need a running back. So, and you don't need a quarterback. So it's interesting to see. Uh, yeah, definitely yeah. offensive line. Then moving on to the Jets in number 11, Jerry Judy falls right into their lap. Get Sam Darnold, a playmaker. Because he can overcome 
a meh offensive line if you get him a playmaker. And simply put, Jerry Judy, best all-around receiver. Get Sam Darnold a playmaker. See if he's the guy. Then we go to Raiders number 12. Again, get your deep threat. Get Henry Ruggs out of Alabama. Make, because they're still, eh, on car. And so get him a deep threat because he is able to throw the ball downfield. He just hasn't because he hasn't had a deep threat. To have a lot of possession guys, a lot of middle of the field guys like a Terrell Williams or a slot guy in Hunter Renfro. And even Zay Jones, he's not that major deep threat that the team wants. Henry Ruggs fills that need perfectly. And pick 13, which is the 49ers from the DeForest Buckner trade. And we know the D tackle, so Devon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. Get the big presence to replace that of Ada Forrest Buckner. Push the pocket. You're able to push the pocket from the interior. Force quarterbacks to roll out. That's when your edge defenders like Bosa and D4 can really beat. Then with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hotspot free agency. A lot of players want to go there now because of Tom Brady. And this pick, it could go a couple different ways. It could go... Wide receiver for Tom, I don't see him doing that because Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. I think we can all agree on that, right? Yep. Yeah. So their offensive line played well last year. But with the loss of Nadam Kunsu in free agency, or we don't know if it's a loss yet, he's currently a free agent. So Derek Brown out of Auburn. Shore up the interior of that offensive line. Todd Bowles likes that 3-4 defensive scheme. You get your three interior D linemen. And then that'll help a Shaq Barrett and a JPP produce well on the edge. Because like I said, push the pocket, force the quarterback to roll out. That's when your edge defenders really come into play and can really affect the game. And then Denver Broncos, pick 15, CD Lamb. Get a playmate for Drew Law. Get someone on the other side of Cortland Sun because you trade away Manuel Sanders. And they haven't been active in signing wide receivers in free agency. So get your guy in first round for your hopefully franchise quarterback. And then pick 16 Atlanta Falcons. CJ Henderson, cornerback out of Florida. With the release of Desmond Trufant, they need another corner. They need another perimeter player to match up against the wide receivers in their division, like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas. So, fill that need there, fill that corner need. And then moving on. Moving on to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, fans <laughs> uh, have changed a little bit because right before we're doing this, Travis Frederick had announced his retirement. So that obviously that puts a bit of a hole in the interior of the offensive line. It happened early enough in football or in the offseason. So you know, they're able to address it through free agency if they want. However, if they're not able to, I can see him selecting Matt Hennessy. Out of, I believe, out of Temple. I think he can start from day one. And so you get in there. Replaces Travis Frederick. It's obviously going to be a drop-off. But still, 
get a rookie in there, you get a young guy in there. He'll be able to learn. He'll be able to learn from Zach Martin, veteran, all pro, offensive guard. And I believe that through that, they'll be able to lessen the blow of Travis Frederick's retirement. And we're back to the Dolphins, who got this pick from Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll take Mink Fitzpatrick all day, all right? But for the Dolphins, get a tackle. Josh Jones out of Houston. Get an offensive lineman to protect their quarterback. I think that's enough said right there. And then back to the Raiders. I have them selecting Christian Fulton, cornerback out of LSU. Or DBU, call it what you want. Yep. Because their defense all around needs some work. I mean, Cleveland Furrow last year, still, jury's still out on him. But they still need a corner presence. So I believe that, I believe that Christian Fulton will be able to address that. Sean, what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah. And then that's a, it's a really interesting pick. And in that, and I feel like Christian Fulton will fall in that range somewhere. So that's an excellent pick right there, especially for uh, John Gruden's team. He, I'm sure he would love, he would love that Christian Fulton. That can't go wrong with that. Taking a defensive back from LSU, you can't go wrong with that. And now we're back to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama. See him stepping in there. It's going to be a learning curve. Because when you draft a corner and you ask him to be your number one guy, it's going to be a learning curve. But you have to get to replacing a Jalen Ramsey and an A.J. Bouye. And get a good corner in the first round. Solid corner. Going to be a bit of a learning curve. But still, can't go wrong. You can never have too many corners, especially with a very pass-happy lead now. Now, pick 21 to the Philadelphia Eagles. I know both you two love the Eagles, but Adam selecting. <laughs> no, yeah. I hate the Eagles. <laughs> so, I have them selecting Enzo Mims, wide receiver out of Baylor. They obviously need wide receiver and perimeter help. Like Last year, at the beginning of the year, we looked at this as one of the best wide receiver units. None of them were able to stay healthy. So you get, then J.J. Arcega-Whiteside hasn't panned out as many Eagles fans would have hoped. But get a Denzel Mims, you get someone who can help Carson Wentz. Because with Nelson Aguilar gone, Sean Jackson's not getting any younger. And rumors are hearing that they want to move Alshon Jeffrey. Get a rookie wide receiver to come in and help. And then for the Vikings, they're in a bit of a cap situation. And then with the news that Everson Griffin doesn't intend to re-sign with the team after opting out of his contract, I can see them going Caleb on chase on edge defender out of LSU. You replace that need on the edge. You replace that need on the edge. And then, like I said, you got to be able to get to the opposing quarterback with an Aaron Rodgers and a Matthew Stafford and whoever the hell the Bears start. Getting to the quarterback is definitely something that's going to go a long way in helping them for the games. The next, we have the Patriots. No Tom Brady. Free agents are leaving. You see a bunch of them are signing with Detroit and Miami. They've got some work to do. I can see them drafting Jordan Love with pick number 23. Jordan Love. Jordan Love 
out of Utah State. Jordan Love, his stats aren't exactly eye-popping. But when you look at him play, he has all the tools. He might start right away. He might not. Depends on how the quarterback competition goes. I don't think Jared Sims the guy. Sure as hell don't think Brian Hoyer is any long-term solution. But with a Jordan Love, you get four years, five with an option of a developmental corner. Not corner. Developmental quarterback. You can fine-tune his mechanics, and hopefully in the next year, he will be your next franchise guy. Sean, do you have any thoughts? Uh, yeah, with that pick, obviously, to this point, you, we all figure that they're going to go quarterback at some point in this draft, whether it's going to be in the first round or they just snag a guy that's under the radar in the later rounds. But like, like you said, Brian Hoyer, he's on his way to retirement eventually. He's getting older, so we know he's not the long-term answer. Jared Stidham, we don't know what he's capable of doing just yet, so they're going to have to give him a shot. And the only other quarterback on their roster right now is Cody Kessler. And so far, his stats aren't eye-popping either. Yeah, he got cut multiple times as well. So they could go quarterback there. Jordan Love is not a bad option. You develop him. I I guess to this point, it's going to be tough for a rookie quarterback coming in because he's learned from a veteran like Brian Hoyer. Like, and no, it's no offense to Brian Hoyer or anything, but, like, he's not that top-tier top veteran quarterback. So it's like, who are you really learning from? There you go. So now, moving down, pick 24. The Saints, Drew Brees is coming back, so I don't see them going cornerback. They want a quarterback. They want to try to maximize the what could be the final year of Drew Brees. So, overall, very solid roster. Not a lot of salary cap, but that's because they have a very solid roster. Cornerback, safety, defensive line, offensive line. One of the best offensive lines in the league. Now one of the best receiving cores in the league with the addition of an Emmanuel Sanders. And of course you have Alvin Kamara out the backfield and Latavius Murray at the running back position. So I see them going Kenneth Murray, linebacker out of Oklahoma. When you look at the Saints roster, inside linebacker is really the weak point of their roster. It's not as bad as, say, the Giants, but in the grand scheme of the roster, it's the weakest point. Shore up that, get good playing Kenneth Murray, and then shore up that defense so it becomes even better. Now, we're back to the Vikings, and they have to replace Stephon Diggs. So I see him going Justin Jefferson out of LSU. Now, with the Vikings, they don't use their... Wide receivers a lot, but you still need to address that need. Justin Jefferson, solid player, six foot one. I believe that he can be a solid contributor. Now back to the Miami Dolphins at twenty six is pick from the Houston Texans. See him shoring up safety because they traded Minka Fitzpatrick away. I can see him going for another safety, Xavier McKinney out of Alabama. Good playmaker, and then also with the release of Rashad Jones, they need another safety to kind of roam the top of the defense, kind of play that middle zone in a cover three or to even play that half of the field in cover two. But I feel addressing safety would go a long way to helping this defense. And with the Seahawks, we don't know what's happening with Jadavion Clowney, so I can see him going at Terra Gross Matos, edge defender out of Penn State. Right now, we don't know what's happening with Clowney, 
And last year's first round pick in LJ Collier, not exactly panning out. How many player, how many Seattle executives thought he would, and how many people thought he would being a first round pick. So Gross Models, while he may be raw, he's only going to get better. So I feel that you address the edge position because of the uncertainty with Clowney and LJ Collier. Now, go to the Ravens. Inside linebacker, again, is pretty important need for them. Not exactly the best linebacker core, but it's not too bad, but it's definitely a position they need to address. So I can see him going short eye, linebacker out of Oregon. Short the inside of that linebacking core. And then have a dominant defense come back. You have... You have Matthew Judon returning on the franchise tag. So address the inside linebackers, and I feel that defense will still remain dominant. And the Tennessee Titans, I can see him going Jeff Gladney with cornerback out of TCU. With Logan Ryan being a free agent, to address the cornerback position. And also with the... Did they come? Did they come Malcolm Butler? I think they did, right? Um, good question. I, rem- I know sure. he was hurt. I don't remember yeah. if it was him or not, but I know he was hurt. So either way, you have the uncertainty there. So I feel it'd be a good fit. Now with the Packers at pick twenty, the loss of a Blake Martinez, I can see I can see them going Patrick Queen, linebacker out of LSU. Get who I think is a better overall linebacker than Blake Martinez was. Shore up that linebacking core. To help against the run because the run absolutely killed them in the NFC Championship game against San Francisco. And really throughout the year, but especially in the NFC Championship game against San Francisco. And so now you have the 49ers. They have such a complete roster. When you when you look at it, it's such a complete roster. But you can never have too many corners. So AJ Terrell out of Clemson seems like a good fit for them. Sherman, he's getting older. And while he's still playing at a high level, he's getting older. And with the position like cornerback, age losing athleticism, that's always a concern. So AJ Terrell would be a great fit for them. Sean, do you have any comments on this? Uh, well, I'm going to go a few picks back. I really like what you said with Minnesota's pick. I like the safety Xavier McKinney. You either go there or I like um, Dolphins. Oh, that was Dolphins? Minnesota was Justin Jefferson. Minnesota was Justin Jefferson, okay. So, yeah, with Miami, either McKinney or like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Grant Dilpit, the safety from LSU. One of of the other there. That's really good. And I I like Justin Jefferson a lot going to Minnesota. That's a really good pick. Mm-hmm. All right. And then with the Super Bowl champs, the Chiefs. Very solid team. We don't know what's happening with Sammy Watkins, but they have players on the roster who I feel will be able to step up. Their defense really came along uh, towards the end of the year, especially in the Super Bowl, or especially in the AFC Championship game, stopping Derrick Henry, and they weren't getting killed by the run like the Packers were in the Super Bowl. So I can see them going Caesar Wee, offensive lineman out of Michigan, 
protect Patrick Mahomes because with the loss of the center last offseason, left a lot to be desired on that offensive line. So I feel if you're able to short up and protect Patrick Mahomes, he'll still be able to put up big numbers and lead them to deep playoff runs. So, Sean, final thoughts? Yeah, overall, I really like your first round, Scott. That, that's a really good job. Um, just about every single pick, it seems like every team addressed one of their major needs. So, yeah, I, I definitely give that a grade overall an A, at least on that first round. I really like that drift. Thank you very much. So, uh, you want me to go next, Sean, or do you want to go ahead? Oh, you could go. Alright. So, first pick, uh, I got the Bengals taking the obvious Joe Burrow out of LSU. And, uh, I know he's, he's been known to be having problems, but I don't think he'll have problems in Cincinnati. And, uh, the Bengals finally, and the Bengals finally get the franchise quarterback that they desperately need. Well, he's a good quarterback for now, but we need to see because everyone was was hyped up for uh, for for all the quarterbacks that came in uh, in the first five picks, like Johnny Manziel, and so on, so on. Johnny Football. Oh yeah. Uh, second pick, I got the Redskins taking Chase Young out of Ohio State. Sorry, John. And this is this this pick is also uh, like a no-brainer. But uh, Young is he's one of the top prospects of this class, and and it makes him a steal, even if he would go number one or number two. It's it's a steal. For the wait, number three is Miami or Detroit? Detroit. It, oh, Detroit. Yep. So Detroit, uh, I think they would take Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback out of Alabama, and they need a quarterback, and they've been searching for a quarterback. But you never know that maybe. They will trade this pick to go higher. They could probably get a haul from a Miami. Yeah. So the Giants, and I got the Giants taking Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle out of Iowa. Because if you go to the top four offensive tacklers, he's the best one on the board. And he's, he, I think he will be the New York Giants franchise at his position. And he has much upside than the other players. But I think he's ready to protect your buddy, Daniel Jones. Yes, sir. <laughs> so number five is Miami. And I think they should. And I think they will draft Jeff Okuda, cornerback out of Ohio State. And because they traded, as you guys know, uh, Darius 
you know, never mind, yes. Because I wrote some things, but uh, I mixed it up a little bit. So number six, I got the Chargers taking Justin Herbert, quarterback out of Oregon. And I think this quarterback, I don't know if you guys agree, but do you think this guy is a franchise quarterback? Justin Herbert has all the tools to be a franchise quarterback. He's big, he's athletic, he can do it all. And because they let Philip Rovers walk, and I think he, uh, Justin will be comfortable with Tyro Taylor. And he, like Justin, has experience, like with he played in big games at Oregon. So playing with a team like the Chargers, which is in LA, I think he'll do just fine. Well, every game is basically a road game for them, so better be good yeah. with pressure. I got uh, Panthers taking Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. Uh, well, with the sudden retirement of Luke Coochley. Um, Coochley, yeah. And I think this uh, linebacker will be a game wrecker and will surprise a lot of people. Uh, I, number eight, I got the Cardinals taking Mackie Becton out of Louisville. And they were going to spend like a top 10 pick on a pass catcher. But um, like we know how much like Kyle Murray likes to wrap out of the Texans. Oh yeah, likes to throw to CD Lamb. So they need a protection for the young quarterback. And Becton is a mountain dude. And he has great length. And everyone's surprised about how much, how athletic he is for his size. Uh, for the Jaguars, I got Derek Brown out of Auburn. And I know that Jag fans are sick of teams spent, of their team spending first round picks on defensive linemen but I think they need to keep drafting defensive linemen until they find the right because Jaguars offensive the worst but in the last two three four years they've been shown that they're defensive good defensive team as they beat the Patriots a couple times as you guys so number 10, I don't care what player they draft, they're still going to be garbage. So I think the Browns will draft Jedrick Wills out of Alabama. And because this position is what they really need, well, they need a lot of players in a lot of positions, but I think the offensive tackle is an important position for them. And Jedrick Wills could be like a top five pick, like has the potential to be, but he didn't. He wasn't relevant uh, with Alabama. And I don't care what player you get. I'm just happy that they can get a different guy to protect the MVP Baker Mayfield. <laughs> overrated as hell Baker Mayfield in the words of oh yeah 
Let's see. So eleven is for the Jets, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the Jets should grab a wide receiver because as in my mock draft, the top ten teams won't take a wide receiver. And I think the Broncos need a wide receiver and they should take Henry Ruggs the third out of Alabama. And that's all I got for the Raiders. I think they need to grab Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama. Um, yes. So thirteenth is that for the Colts or forty nine? What? That's the Niners now. So Niners, I think um, they should draft CD Lamp. Out of Oklahoma. Uh, number 14, I got the Bucks taking Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Uh, 15th is for the Jets or Denver? 15th is the Broncos. Okay, so Broncos, I, they should take cornerback CJ Henderson out of Florida because he's he's a really, really good def defender. And Broncos need Los Cateras should get a short cornerback yeah. room. And number sixteen, I got the. I don't know where, what's their, where are the Falcons going, like what's their state of mind, but I I think they should get Clavon Chase on, uh, an edge defender out of LSU. Because I don't know what the Falcons are trying to, like, what's their goal for this year. Because they had a horrible season last, this past season. Like, they, the last two, three years, they had good seasons. They've just been but, a talented roster that has been consistently underachieving for the past couple seasons. Yeah, and Matt Ryan is overpaid. So, number 17. <laughs> For my Cowboys, Cowboys Nation. So I think they should get Christian Fulton, a cornerback at LSU, because they let after letting Byron Jones walk in free agency, they need a cornerback that can fill his shoes when he didn't do a lot of things. But I think Fulton has all the tools that a cornerback has. So we need to see what he's going to do, but as uh, the coach just said, they need to choose. They will have like a weekly basis on this guy to see if he's good enough. 18 is for the Miami. Miami? Yes. So 18, I got Javon Kinlaw, and I don't know if you guys will agree with me, but they need a uh, defensive lineman. 19, I got the uh, Chicago, right? Bears? Uh, no, Raiders. Oh, Raiders? Was in the Cleveland trade. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. So the Raiders, this pick, I think it's a perfect pick for them. And especially at 12 overall, with Kenneth Mary, linebacker out of Oklahoma. Because they need a difference maker. 
even though the Raiders are I don't know where they're going as well but I think this guy has the physical traits to be a good playmaker and I think he's gonna make a impact right away and that's what I feel about that so 20 is the Jaguars right or yes. I think yes okay just so I think they should grab Trevon Dix, cornerback out of Alabama, because like soon the Jags will go from having the most promising corner after trading with Ramsey and AJ Boy to uh, more starting caliber cornerback, uh, because. He's been one of the most talented passers, like in in college. So we need to see what if that is true. That statement of them is true. But I think he'll fit quite well. Twenty-one for the Eagles. I got Denzel Mims, wide receiver out of Baylor. And then after they they filled their team, uh, trading for Darius Slay. Uh, I think this pick frees like frees their offense because after I don't know if you guys watched the combine he he blew up blew up the uh, scouting combine and surprised a lot of people so that's why and I think that his size and speed and his athletic abilities will be a good player for the Eagles even though I can't stand the Eagles. 22nd pick Saints, right? 22nd is the Vikings. Oh, uh, Vikings? Okay, because I messed up there. Because uh, I had a Jordan Love quarterback. And uh, Vikings, they already have a starter. So just forget me on 22nd pick. 23rd pick Patriots. for the Patriots and I know the biggest question is need is their quarterback but their co- their backup quarterback is not that bad so I think they should take Javier McKinney out of Alabama a defender um, safety yeah safety yes and him too he has the range he has he's so athletic and I know everyone's gonna question this pick I had for them but their backup quarterback is not that bad people are salty that Brady left but just me the backup quarterback is pretty decent 24th pick is the Vikings right or the Saints 24 is the Saints so I think the Saints should grab offensive tackle Josh Jones out of Houston. He's a great offensive liner and then he's a senior bowler, which gives him a long term solution at the tackle spot. 2015 pick the Vikings and obviously their my pick would be a wide receiver and the one they would take, they should take, is Jalen Rager out of TCU. 
because as you know they traded Stefano Diggs one of a surprising weird trade but this is smart the, uh, Texans trade. what not as bad as the Hawkins trade oh yeah and and it's it makes sense for them to draft a wide receiver that has a similar traits to Stefano Stefan Diggs and I think he's a perfect fit according to Stefano Diggs skills 26 pick would go to the uh, Houston 26 is the Dolphins oh Dolphins so after trading to make sure they got their franchise quarterback I think they should draft Austin Jackson offensive tackle of USC and this guy is still needs work but as so far he is decent 27th pick I got the Seahawks taking Antoine Winfield Jr. safety out of Minnesota and I think like him he will bring back as he'll be the the one of the most people will be scared of him so it's the most fear defensive backfield uh 28th pick i got the ravens taking jonathan taylor out of wisconsin so with mark ingram's absence in 2019 uh they need uh, like a like a running back so i think this guy has the potential but he's actually the first running back out of the draft out of my mock draft which is kind of surprising well not surprising like everyone throws nowadays but they will start running the ball as everyone's looking to tom brady they're not looking to zach the freak or zeke the freak or I uh, got the Titans. This is it wasn't hard, but you don't know what they actually need. But I feel they should draft Yetur Gross Matos, an edge defender out of Penn State. And I think his strong. Well, he didn't have a good season at Penn State, but he ended the season on a high note, which why he is in the first round. Because if he didn't have a ended the season on a high note he wouldn't be a first round pick uh 30th pick i got the packers i didn't i didn't know who they should have drafted but i think they need a wide receiver and i think they should take justin jefferson out of lsu 31 pick is the colts or 49 49ers so 49ers uh I think they should grab a backup quarterback and I know you guys won't agree with me but I think they should get Jacob Eason out of Washington okay that's interesting uh, Chiefs they're a championship team but doesn't mean that they'll reach the Super Bowl easy but I think they should grab AJ Epensa and Edge Defender out of Iowa Okay. But but me, all I care is about the Dallas Cowboys. Because they need help in 
in every position on the team, as you guys know. Or should know. <laughs> Alright. Sean, what are your thoughts there? Uh, that, that was a pretty good draft, Joe. Uh, you had some really, uh, a couple, I should say, shockers to me. Um, but it, it was a it was a pretty good draft. I, I like that mock draft, too. You have anything prepared or not really? Uh, I could go as, I, I could give it a shot. Why not? It's up to you because we have other things we can talk if you don't have anything prepared. But... Well, you can uh, tell, you can tell us who the Giants should draft. Yeah, who do you want the Giants uh, to pick? Yeah, fair enough. All right, so with this fourth overall pick with the Giants, whether or not they should stay at four or trade back from four is a big question mark, what they should do there. But I think the Giants right now, their biggest need, like you said, Scotty, multiple times, that they and even you said it too, Joe, offensive tackle, they need it. But I'm going to go with Isaiah Simmons. This guy, he's a linebacker out of Clemson. He's, like you said, he, he could play multiple positions on his on the defense. I really like him a lot. He's an interesting prospect. I I, just, I can see the Giants going for him. Yeah, but man, players, I, like, you just give him a box, just sideline to sideline, and then like yeah. five yards into the opponent's backfield, and then ten yards from the line of scrimmage, and then that's just his zone. Yeah, but I think where athletically he can make so many differences on the Giants' defense. But I think the Giants should draft Tristan worse because he's a rare. There's, it's not every day you see a player of his size and have like his speed, his all of it mm-hmm. in 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 this kind of draft, especially from Iowa, which that college you don't see like a, a rare kind of player coming from that school so I think they should draft like an offensive tackle and they should draft this guy Tristan Wirfs and And if the Giants if they do go that way Joe I'm not against it because like you said he's even he's the number one tackle on the draft board so if the Giants do draft him I wouldn't be against it so they could go either way because man if you compare all the other ones in the board you, and you go watch what he did for for his team. You'd say that Tristan Wirfs is like a Giannis. You know how or you know how yeah Giannis got drafted so low. Yeah. And everyone was saying, "Oh, he's skinny. He's skinny. He's skinny." And look at him now. Or like you can say uh, different players too. But he's a, it's like a rare, like you don't get like a Michael Jordan or Aaron Judge every, every draft, right? And I feel this guy is like a, he's like a rare diamond and a rough player. Wow, you're, you're really trying to sell Tristan worse to me. I see what you're <laughs> trying to do, Joe. Yeah, man. <laughs> because, man, I'm tired of seeing the Giants playing garbage football. Year after year after year. Did you just say you're tired of it? Yeah. And hey, this is and this, Look, this is a Cowboys from a Cowboys. Fan. This is a Cowboys fan. Jeez. Man, Cowboys is That's when you know it's bad. That's when you know it's bad. For Cowboys fan, that's all I gotta say. 
good sportsmanship, oh, Joe, yeah. right there. <laughs> Probably for like. Or, or the Giants are just playing that bad. That even the fan of a division rival is like this. Is yeah, but at least we made the playoffs, not like the Steelers. We were close to making the playoffs than you. That's true, but we had a lot of. That that might be true, but we had a lot of dreams. Front office. And we had a quarterback carousel. You didn't. And you had the easiest division in football, and you did not make the playoffs. Yeah, but we don't make the schedule, so it is what it is. Exactly. You should have done something with that easy schedule. But hold on, hold on a second, though. I just wanted to ask you, Scotty, how do you feel about possibly having Jameis Winston on the Steelers as a backup to learn from Big Ben after a horrible, you know, a really interesting season last year because he was the first quarterback in NFL history to have 30 interceptions and throw for 30 touchdowns. So what do you think of him being a backup for the Steelers? Here's the thing. Well, Ben Roethlisberger might not like it. He had Mike Vick as a backup. So if he can survive that, he can definitely live with Jameis Winston being a backup. The only thing is, I'm not sure if I see it happening with the Steelers and their front office. I don't know if they'd go outside because we cleared a lot of cap space, but we still don't have a lot of cap space. So I don't know if we will. It would definitely be interesting. And myself, I wouldn't hate it. I think it'd actually be pretty decent have a backup of that, you know, a backup capable of leading the league in passing yards. So I personally would not be against that at all. Mainly because you need a solid backup who can go win you games. Now, James Winston yeah. can also go and lose you games. <laughs> but you can still go and win them for you, so. Yeah, and we also got to give it. We also got to give it to, um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, yeah, that he hasn't had that, like, mentor, like usually a younger quarterback, a younger rookie quarterback would have. So, like, if he would sign as a backup with the Steelers, the Saints, with Drew Brees to work with. I think the saw Saints what would make a lot more sense. Yeah, you saw what happened with Teddy Bridgewater. Look, now he landed himself a three-year deal, a starting job with the Panthers. So... If you could go with the Saints or maybe back up Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, learn from him. Who knows? You know, something like that. I wouldn't be against it myself. I can't really see it happening, but I would not be against it at all. And Sean, I want to get your thoughts on this. The Dion Lewis deal to the Giants one year. Well, it's about time that the Giants get a backup running back for Barkley because they have Wayne Gallman for the past, at least I want to say, two years now. And he hasn't been the answer as a backup. So I think Deion Lewis, he's he's a more of a veteran type guy. He was with the Patriots. He experienced a winning culture there, won a championship. Now he was with the Titans recently, so... And he backed up Derrick Henry, obviously. So it's just, it's interesting. It's a, it's a one-year deal. And it's a, a low-money deal as well. So it's not like Gettleman's so a ton deal. of money for this guy. So it could, it, it could 
help a lot because it takes the workload off of Barkley. So, like, he's not going to be tired. So, you could use, like, if Barkley's like, all right, I need a rest for a play or two. Oh, no problem. Let's throw in Deion Lewis out there to take, you know, to carry the ball. So, I feel a lot better in the running game for the Giants. Yeah, definitely. Because when Barkley went down, it was kind of crisis of, oh, shoot, who's going to be the guy in the backfield to help take some of the pressure off of Daniel Jones. So I feel yeah. the only definitely helped with that. And to be honest with you, when, when Barkley went down, I went right away, oh, man, what do we do now? Because, oh, like, okay. the, next, the next running back up at the time was Wayne Gallman. So you're moving him up from a... Typically, usually he's going to be a third-string running back on any other team. So, like, you're moving that guy who was a backup at the time to the starter role now. It's like, is this guy capable of doing it? And that's what makes you, like, wonder. You're like, okay, if you don't have a go-to number two, then you're screwed when your number one goes down. Mm-hmm. All right. Um... We all know about Texans getting absolutely fleeced. Uh, one, I think the only trade that can kind of rival that and how bad it is would be the Lions trading Stephon Diggs for a three and a fifth to the Eagles. Great job by the Eagles front office there. That's really all that you can say. And then do you have anything else you guys want to add? Uh, I'd like to shout out my boy Ryan Hutton joining the Life feet. kid. Alright. Sean, you, uh, you, you guys wanna. Sean, are you oh, there? Okay, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, alright, so thank. I would like to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Um, if all you right. can follow the sports hit list on Instagram and all social media. Uh, they have great sports content, so if you could give us a quick follow and check out the latest news in sports. All right, Joe, you got anything else? Uh, no, I guess uh, we can start moving on for the NBA brackets. Oh, uh, yeah, so we don't know what's happening with the NBA right now. So, Sean, we're just going to go through... If the playoffs started now with the current NBA standings, just kind mm-hmm. of like give your bracket. So I'll yeah. start quick with the East. I have the Bucks being the Magic, five games. Raptors over the Nets in six. Celtics over the Pacers. No, Celtics over seven Sixers, seven games. Heat over Pacers in four. Okay, Sean. What about you? Okay. Um, Eastern Conference there, we have the Bucks and Magic. Uh, I think the Bucks will actually sweep that series. I know that's crazy to say, but I think they could sweep them. Uh, who, who is that second series? I missed that, Scotty. It was Nets and who? Who are the Nets be? Nets and Raptors. Raptors. Mm, that, that's, an, that's actually a really interesting series. Um... I'll go with Toronto in five. Uh, I really like this Toronto team. There's something special about them. 
Um, I, I like their bench as well, so I think that uh, that Toronto is a good team to go at least to the second round at least. Um, let's see, Celtics and Sixers. Um, I'm definitely going Boston. I'm going to go in five with them because I don't trust the Sixers at, at all. Um, let's see. Celtics um, and Sixers. And who else? The final. Oh, yeah. Heat and Pacers. I really like Miami. I think they'll get it done in six games in this series. Solid. Joe, you got your first round? Oh, yeah. So I got the Bucks against the Magic. And I was thinking maybe give Orlando Magic one game, but they're not consistent as Terrence Ross goes off like once every 10 games. Aaron Gordon is Gordon. Marco Fultz is improving, but he's trash. But like, I got the, I don't got the Milwaukee Bucks, I got Ihanis sweeping the Magic 4 <laughs> 0. And, I, and it's not being disrespectful to the Magic, but they don't have anybody that can... Because it's all a team game, I get it, but you need a guy that can that can come back for you, take over. They don't have anybody. Well, maybe Vooch, Nick Vooch, he's a good player, but I don't know. And maybe they'll get one or even two games, but... For now, I got the Bucks sweeping the Magic. Second, Raptors and Nets. I agree with Sean and you that it's not a sweep for the Raptors because the Nets are still, they're not garbage, but they're still decent. As you know, Spencer Dinwiddie is good. You got Curtis Levert, who's been injured last year and this year. And you still got a great squad, but I think their bench is not great at all. So, and that will be a factor, as you guys know. To win in the playoffs, you need a great bench. Because Spencer or Curtis Levert or Jared Allen or even DeAndre Jordan won't play 48 minutes. And I wish that they should have traded, like Kyrie said. I think they should have traded. Even Kyrie, I don't like him anymore, but uh, and this is coming from a salty Cavaliers fan. <laughs> but I think they should have traded for at least one guy, because there's so many players that they can sign or they can trade for and they didn't do it. So I got the Raps in six. Okay. Uh, Celtics and 76 so, Ben, well, they said at that time, a couple weeks ago, that Ben Simmons will miss the first two weeks of the playoffs. But you don't know when they'll start back. And that, I think Simmons and the 76ers should take that as an advantage. Let Joel Embiid heal. As he, he, if, if, there, if it was the playoffs, he would play today. But they need heal to heal up and Jay Rich the last five games before the suspension of the season he's been struggling bad like shooting under than 25% from three and twos but I think it's gonna go to seven games like if Simmons and MB play but I feel 
the Celtics will win in seven, even though I'm a diehard Philly fan. I still, Simmons need to be more aggressive. I'm not telling Simmons to shoot 23s or 50 jumpers a game like the Rockets, <laughs> like James Harden and uh, Westbrook, mm -hmm. but he needs to be aggressive. There's at least 18, 19 shots a game. Because I think it's championship or bust for the 76ers, or they need to. Well, they will fire Brown, but they need to do a big trade or trade one of these players. Because Simmons has more value. Because Joel Embiid doesn't have value now because he's still injury prone. Okay. Um, so I got the Celtics in seven, beating them again. Uh, the Heat and the Pacers. I think this, nobody will agree with me as they will laugh, but I got the Pacers winning in six games. First big upset. Because well, I, yeah, that is I know you, you guys think, oh, bam. Oh, huge, yes. Because Pacers have been playing amazing. And Oladipo has been playing a lot, and he hasn't been back to his form. And imagine once he's back to his form, and I don't mind him coming off the bench. And man, you know they have a, a guy who's who's actually could win a most improved, and his name is Domantas Bonus. Okay. But, and he's a great defensive player, so... And you, you got Malcolm Brogdon, who's also a good point guard. And I don't trust Jimmy Butler, because as you know, last year, in Game 7, he played 44 minutes and only scored 16 points. So I don't think Butler is the kind of player that everyone thinks he is. And Goran Dragic hasn't been playing well this year. But they have some great rookies. But they need to have a better game plan instead of shooting threes, three threes. <laughs> they need to get everybody going. And you guys think that I'm crazy, but I think the Pacers is the dark horse team in the Eastern Conference. I'm not saying they'll beat the Bucks. I'm just <laughs> saying they can beat the Miami. So for my second round of the East... I have Bucks over the Heat, four games. Then I have the Raptors over the Celtics in seven games. It'll be a very close series. Then East Conference Finals, Bucks in six over the Raptors. And then moving on to the West, I have Lakers over the Grizzlies, four game sweep. Clippers over the Mavs, five games. Nuggets over the Microball Rockets in five games. <laughs> And then in this one, I have the Thunder being the Jazz in a six-game series. Then moving on to my second round for the West, I have the Lakers over the Thunder in five games. And then I have the Clippers over the Nuggets in six, leaving the Western Conference Finals of L.A. versus L.A. I have the Lakers winning in six instead of in the finals of the Lakers and the Bucks. And I have the Lakers winning in six games because Lakers have a more complete roster than the Bucks do. 
because right, they don't need to just rely on LeBron. They have an Anthony Davis who they can rely on. On the Bucks, they don't have anyone else who can take the load off of Giannis. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, second round in the East. Uh, I think with the Bucks and the Heat, I think this is actually going to be an interesting series. Um, I'm going to go with the Bucks in six games. I know that sounds a little crazy because you're probably wondering why would that series last so long. Mm-hmm. But I think that the Heat are a decent team that they could make a run against the top dog in the East, and they could give a run for their money. And they're gonna get they're gonna put some pressure on the Bucks there, and they're gonna make basically make the Bucks go to their bench more than they really want to, and that's what's probably gonna boil down to there. Uh, let's see, and then we got the Raptors and the Celtics. Uh, I'm gonna go like I'm gonna go Toronto because I told you guys numerous times that I like Toronto a lot this year. Uh, I'll go with them in I'll go with them in six. Uh, I think Boston's gonna come up short. Uh, they have they have Kevin yeah, Walker. They they have Marcus Smart. They have they have some good players. They got Jalen. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, but um, I don't think that's quite enough for them. So I think Toronto. I like the big guys they got. They got Ibaka. They got Marcus Saul. Um, who else am I missing? Pascal Siakam. They they got some good players. And when Fred VanVleet is at the point guard position, he he makes some plays. So it's it's really fun to watch him as well. And that obviously brings us to a Raptors and Bucks Eastern Conference Finals. And I'm going to go with Bucks in six games. I think Toronto will give them a run for their money as well. But I think it's just going to boil down to Giannis against Toronto. And yeah. this time, Giannis will beat Toronto in a playoff series and will advance to the NBA Finals. So, we're moving on to the Western Conference. First round, Lakers-Grizzlies. I know that in the East, I said, you know, the Magic are going to get a, they'll get swept by the Bucks. But with this eighth seed with the Grizzlies, I think they could snag at least one game against LeBron. Just because I know that it's a very Just young... Just the Russ team. factor? Yeah. <laughs> they got a young player like John Morant. They got... Jaron Jackson as well. They, they, it's an interesting team in Memphis. I, I'm excited for their future, but it's just a veteran presence that comes in here. And when you have, you know, LeBron searching for another championship, it's. I don't think they really stand much of a chance. But I think the Grizzlies are good enough to get at least one game out of that series. And let's I believe, see, um, Clippers. Sorry to cut it short. I. Got head out now. You guys finish out. Hi. And see everyone. Hi. I'll see you, Scotty. Uh, let's see. So the Clippers and Mavs. You, Clippers are coming in as the second seed in the West here. Um, it's, this is going to be a really fun series because Luka Dantich is having a great, great rookie year. It's just unbelievable right now. He's in the MVP running, I believe, but like he's not obviously he's not gonna win it. But he, it's nice for him, especially at his age, to be in consideration for the the award. So the Mavs are a really interesting team, but 
obviously the experience comes in here in the playoffs with Kawhi and Paul George. So I like the Clippers. I'll take them in five games over the Mavs. Uh, let's see. Then you got the Nuggets and the Rockets. Uh, not a big fan of Houston at all. Just because of James Harden and Chris Paul. Not Chris Paul, my God. Why did I say Westbrook? <laughs> Westbrook. <laughs> well, here, leading to the point that when James Harden had Chris Paul, it didn't work out. And Chris Paul, I meant uh, Russell Westbrook, having James Harden, they're not working out in Houston as well. So, Houston, I feel like they're like a self centered team. Like, you know how Harden is. He's a great player, but. He just loves to hog the basketball. And and even, I feel like that's the same thing with Russell Westbrook, that he likes to hog the ball as well. And he has, he puts it in his mind, like, okay, I gotta make plays. I have to make plays to win the game. So he doesn't put in his head, okay, I gotta pass the ball. It's more like <laughs> me, me, me. I gotta come up with the game winning shot. I gotta come up with this uh, three pointer. I have to do this. So when you have something like that, you're in big trouble. And we saw it so far in the regular season, Joe, with Houston's, like, how they struggle as a team. Like, they had some pretty bad losses this year. They lost at, I remember they lost at home against the Orlando Magic. I'll never forget that game. That I was so confused by that game. I was like, how do you let the Magic beat you on your home, on your home court? That was really, like, that was a huge, like, upset to me. And then you had, um, let's see, they had a loss in Memphis as well to, jo- to yeah. John Morant. John Morant and yeah. that team, they just went out. Uh, it was, yeah, Harden it was, was so like, yeah, Harden was sagging uh, John Morant, and he kept hitting threes after threes. Yeah, and see, so to that point, it just came down to... Uh, just too much to handle for Westbrook and uh, Harden. When you're like, when you're ball <laughs> hogs, that's what happens. <laughs> that's what you get. So they're not going to make it far. They'll get bounced. I, it's crazy to say this, but I think the Nuggets could beat them in five games. Just a quick exit for Houston. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then you have the Thunder and the Jazz. Um, that's, an interesting series as well. I like Rudy Gobert. He's a great player, great center. I like um, Ricky Rubio. He's a decent point guard. He gets the job done. He's not a scorer, but he's an assist guy, so like he gets the job done. But Oklahoma City with Chris Paul, ever since that Westbrook trade, it, it feels like it sparked OKC. And like I like their rookies. I like Alexander. He looks really good. Um, let's see. Even Diallo is a pretty good player. So I think the Thunder could actually win this series. I'll go with them in six. And let's see. Then round two would be, come down to the Lakers and the Thunder. I'm obviously going Lakers there. Lakers would beat them, I, I believe, in five. Uh, Clippers would take on the Nuggets. I think the Clippers would beat them in five or six. And then that sets up, obviously, the Western Conference Final with the Lakers and the Clippers. I'm going to go with the Lakers in seven. I think 
LeBron will take down Kawhi this time. It's going to be a really interesting series. Both sides have a lot of guys that have postseason experience, so that's going to be a really fun battle of L.A. in the Western Conference Championship. And that, that leads it to the Lakers and the Bucks in the finals, and I think the Lakers will take down the Bucks in five games. I just don't, I don't trust the Bucks in the finals against the Lakers because the team overall's lack of experience in the playoffs because you don't have much of a bench. You go with, you have Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, and then I'll, I'll throw in Kyle Korver. I, I don't really, I'm not a big fan of Eric Bledsoe at the point guard position. I think they can improve there. But the Lakers, they have an overall great team left and right. They're starting lineup. They got so many guys off the bench they could go to. So that helps them in the series and they'll win the championship. Uh, so for me, I uh, got the Bucks playing the Pacers. And even though you might not agree, but I, th- I feel Pacers play, they, they stack the paint. And you get Miles Turner guarding Giannis. And you pay attention to where Brooke Lopez is because Brooke Lopez will shoot threes and will make them. As we saw them in last year's playoffs and this season. But he's not consistent. And you guys saw when they were up to nothing and lost four straight. And so Bucks and Pacers, I think it will be it will either be a sweep by the Bucks, it will be or the Bucks will win in six. Uh, next, Raptors and Celtics. I got the Raptors in seven. This also will be a great because they they don't have the same skill, but they both have identical like uh, stars as like the Celtics have Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum. Gordon Hayward and they have Marcus Smart too they also got a great bench but I feel the Raptors Raptors will gain the momentum at home they will steal a game in Boston and I think they will if it's game 7 in Toronto we both know that the Raptors will win Kumba lost too much Jason Tatum goes off for two, three games in a row, and then he disappears. Gordon Hayward, injury prone. Marcus Smart is not a superstar, but he can play. But the Raptors have too much talent on their starting lineup and on their bench. Because, man, they have two starting lineups. If you look at their bench, their bench is also a starting lineup. And you know, Sergio Baca is going to go off. Lowry's going to do what he does. Got Terrence Davis. You got Noam the Storm. You got Pascal Siakam. And I think Siakam will use his size to his advantage. Because who's going to guard Pascal? Jason Tatum? But who's going to guard yeah, OG yeah, and Anobi? Yeah. So, Sergio Baca. Yeah, and they don't have Al Horford anymore. 
So it's gonna be yeah, tough. And I wish Celtics should have traded for Andre Drummond instead of him going to the Cavs. But that's another discussion for another day. But I got Raps beating the Celtics in seven. Bucks and Raptors. I got the Raptors in six. You might not agree as well, but Giannis will not go to the finals if he doesn't have a jumper and if, and if he doesn't make his free throws. Because all you got to do is stack the paint with Giannis. Because Bledsoe is trash. He's like one of the worst point guards in the East and in the NBA. Corver doesn't even play. I don't know why he's with them. If you're going to sign him or trade him, trade for him, at least play him. You got Brooke Lopez who's inconsistent. All he does is shoot threes when he should go to the post. He has the length and size to go to the post. That because you need to make Bledsoe shoot more, Middleton shoot more. Because the only time Chris Middleton plays and shows up is when Giannis doesn't play or when Giannis is having a tough night. And you gotta keep on Chris Middleton too because he's not a scrub. He can ball. He's a ball boy. So it's not, I don't think you or anybody you should say where Giannis we know what Giannis Antetokounmpo can do but it's where Chris Middleton because he's the ex-factor he, he's a he's not a scrub and usually an ex-factor is like a guy that doesn't go off in the regular season and a guy that randomly appears and saves the team and I feel that player is Chris Middleton because as you know, last year for the Raptors, it wasn't Kawhi, it was, it was uh, Kyle Lowry who was the expert. So, yeah. but for the, so I got the Raptors going to the East, uh, to the NBA Finals. So Wes, I agree what you said, that they have a young promising team for the Grizz. And I feel that they can steal one and maybe two games, but... You know, when LeBron turns into playoff mode, nobody could stop him. And the only team that stopped him is the Golden State Warriors. And there's no team that's good as the Warriors. So I got the Lakers in five. Clippers and Mavs. I, after what you said, I think you're underestimating the Dallas Mavericks. Because, man, they have Luka Doncic. Uh, you got Kristaps Porzingis, the unicorn. You got Tim Hardaway. You got Powell, their center. You got Boban. Because, man, if you put Doncic as your point guard, Seth Curry as your shooting guard, you got Tim Hardaway, small forward. You got, you got uh, Unicorn as a power forward, and you got if they like if they put him they won't put him but imagine having Boban and Porzingis as your front court playing against the Clippers wow. and and scratching Kawhi Leonard's back I think the Mavericks have the potential to beat the Clippers in se in seven games but I know the Clippers will beat them in six 
but Doncic isn't another level. He's not. He's like a better version of Giannis because Doncic is huge as a point guard. He's like what six eight as as the point guard, and you got Curry, Steph Curry's brother. You got Tim Hardaway. You got the unicorn. So, I think not just I'm not saying you like underestimating hundred percent, but there was a the word that you said is like man. You gotta at least give the Mavericks an effort, but I think the Mavericks have the potential to beat the Clippers because man. Fair point. Yeah. What has Paul George done in the playoffs? His whole career, nothing. All he does is, yes, he had some big games with the Pacers, but with the Oklahoma City Thunder, what what did he do? Nothing. He had one great game, and people, yeah, he had one great game against the Jazz, and people were calling him Playoff P. And I was like, bro, he had one good game, bro, one. So, and man, he messed up because. OKC had Russ, Carmelo, and Paul George. That was a great like trio, but Paul George didn't do several mileage, but he didn't do shit. Like Paul George is straight up garbage in the playoffs. But don't get me wrong, Paul George is an elite defender, so maybe he could clamp clamp up Luka Doncic. But I'm pretty sure he won't do that, man. Clippers don't have an amazing offensive team. You know that because Kawhi is known for his. Yes, the last two three years, Kawhi's offense like stacking up, and now he's like a superstar. But Kawhi is a defender. Paul George is a defender. Patrick Bev is a defender. And yes, you got Jamichael Green. You got all these players, and I'm not forgetting Sweetly, six man of the year candidate. Every year, and I know you'll say Mavs don't have a good bench, but they have a—they don't have a garbage bench, but they have a great bench. And I feel the Bucks and the Mavericks are kind of similar, but the Bucks, the Mavs have a better version because they have a complete team. Clippers have a complete team, but it's where Kawhi. And Paul George brings them is where will they go? If Kawhi has a tough, the first three games, if Kawhi has a bad game, the series is over. And if Paul George, if they let Kawhi do everything, it won't. They, he won't win the title like he did with the Raptors. Because if you compare, Lowry was a great defender and played off. Got Sirt, Siakam, Van Fleet, Powell, and um, Danny Green. You had everyone playing good, but the Clippers. Between you and me, there's only three, four players: George, Kawhi, Harold, and Lou Williams. So, it's a, it, this is going to be good because you got Doncic, Porzingis against George and Kawhi. So I got Clippers in six. But I feel that the Mavericks can beat the Clippers in seven, and I'm pretty sure all the listeners, everyone, think I'm crazy. But people are underestimating Luka Doncic. Uh, 
and Porzingis. And I know you might be salty because the Knicks did one of the worst trades I've ever seen. <laughs> yep. But he needed, not he needed to go, but I'm sorry, but he can't, a good player can't be in that environment that the Knicks have right now. Oh, I totally agree. So we'll talk about the Knicks in another episode because they need to do a lot of things before we discuss playoffs with the Knicks. Uh, so I, Nuggets vs Rockets, I hate the Rockets. They're one of the boringest teams to watch. As all they do is dribble, dribble, shoot, dribble, shoot. Oh, Westbrook, your turn. Harden, your turn. Your, and they have no center. Yes, they have Tyson Chandler, but he doesn't play. That small ball, that's not even sm- man. It, it's not gonna work in the playoffs, and they will get swept in the first round. Like they'll win one or two, but it will sweep them out of the playoffs. Or they'll—they're not winning. They're not beating the Denver Nuggets. I'm sorry, but with that kind of game plan, I'm sorry they're not being. We'll talk about the Rockets later, like another episode, because they're—they're they're stupid for trading Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook should have stayed in OKC just because how he plays. Uh, so and then I got. I also got OKC beating the Jazz, and you, people think, oh, they got Spider Mitchell, Gobert, Joe Ingles, but to be honest, they're they're, they're not showing consistency. And yes, they have Mike Conley, as nobody's talking about him, but it's not enough. And Chris Paul is on fire, and Shane Gilgis Alexander. An important piece that the Clippers let go, but Kawhi is worth it. They still got Stephen Adams. They they have Daniel Gallinari. So I got Thunder in six. It will be a long series. It won't be short. So Lakers vs OKC. I got the Lakers beating them in five. And again, the Thunder have the potential to steal two games. Especially one game in LA, and then I got the Clippers taking on the Nuggets. I got the Clippers because the Nuggets don't have an offensive star like they have Jokic, Jamal Murray. They got a lot of players, but they're not crazy offensive. They're crazy stars, so I got Clippers beating the Nuggets. In five, and then Lakers and Clippers. I think Lakers will beat them in five games. As people might think, whoa, no, but Lakers won't. Who's gonna guard Davis? Montrezl Harrell? LeBron? Who's gonna guard him? Patrick Beverly? I don't think so. <laughs> I think the Lakers have a great bench. They have great defenders like AC. Alex Caruso, as Laker fans like him a lot. But I got the Lakers beating the Clippers in five, and they'll reach the NBA Finals for the first time in a while. So I got Raptors with Lakers, and to be honest, this will be a mo- must-see. 
And I think the Lakers will beat the Raptors in six games. But no, there's nobody else that can beat the Lakers, man. If you look at these teams, nobody. The only team that's close is the Clippers. And that's it. Like, I don't know, man. But that's my picks for the NBA. What do you think? Yeah, I like it a lot. And like you said, with the Lakers, it's like it's really interesting because like it seems like one of the only teams, if you could even say the only team that might have a shot at beating them is within their own conference and it's their cross literally right in the other locker room. It's crazy. It's just like it's just the other L.A. team that has that they can actually take them down. It's unbelievable. And you made a great point with Houston, Joe, because how are you going to play small ball in the playoffs? What's going to like who's going to rebound the ball for you? Like you don't have Clint Capella there anymore. So like when you face Denver in the first round and you're trying to box out Jokic, good luck doing that. Who's going to do that? Uh Eric Gordon's going to do that for you? Who's really <laughs> going to do that for you? PJ Tucker's going to save you to do that? Who's really going to do that? So good luck to that cuz as soon as Den- as Jokic going up against just about anybody on that Houston roster. I wish that Houston player the best of luck because it's just you're just not going to win that battle and it's going to be absurd rebounds for Denver. It's just going to be crazy. It's like you'll never see that many rebounds in a single playoff series. It's because of Denver going up against a team that thinks that okay, we could go up small ball and um Basically, they, they just threw themselves, Houston. They really did. Yeah, because thank God they're not facing the Mavericks. Because Doncic, 6'8", taller than every player on that starting lineup. You got Porzingis, 7 feet. You got Boban. <laughs> Man, there's a bunch of idiots that squad. Because, man, Harden is not going to score 50 every night. And nor will Westbrook. And who's... I don't know, man. Clint Pella was good. He was an easy... 16 points and 19 rebounds guy. So I have no clue. And their GMs... Daryl Morey is one of the worst GMs. Well... The next GM... Was the worst one. <laughs> no offense, yeah, but... Gotta put, yeah, he definitely got to put the Knicks number one. <laughs> But that's it for brackets. Uh, I wanted to do the NHL brackets with Scotty. So uh, I feel that we could save it for next episode. Yeah, that works for me. We, we have a lot to talk about next episode anyway. So that'll, that'll add to it. Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, thanks for all the listeners for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast we're on twitter youtube facebook instagram on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify let us know how you feel about our predictions and comments and i hope everyone is safe with this crisis and i would like to shout out to everyone who liked this video this podcast and who commented I'd like to shout out everyone. 
and I'm your host Joe and I'll pass it to Sean. Thanks. I just want to say thank you all for listening tonight. I, it was a really good time. Uh, stay tuned for our next episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, thanks for having me tonight, Joe. No worries. Thanks for coming in again. And uh, Scott says thank you all for listening. But uh, thanks for tuning in again. And I hope everyone be safe. Wash your hands. Hi, it's your host, DJ Joe, signing out. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender license in all 50 states and MLSConsumerAccess.org number 3030.